You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. Episode number 1388. Yeah, these people do love you and they care about you, but they don't always know what's best for you. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, and I say this, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have to know what's best for you. And the way that you figure out what's best for you a lot of the time is making mistakes mm-hmm. and trying things and messing up, mm-hmm. you know, and through that experience, you figure out, you know, what works for me, what doesn't work for me, what do I like, what do I not like? And, you know, that's also why I've, in hindsight, gained a lot of appreciation, you know, for the experiences that I've had because it's that contrast. This is game changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to this podcast episode. I am your host, Brent Daniels, Mr. Talk to People, and I am telling you this. If you have a laptop, if you have a cell phone, and if you have conviction to being an unbelievable real estate entrepreneur, you can do this business from anywhere. And to prove that, I've got John Johnson on this podcast episode. He's going to break down how he is doing deal after deal after deal, living outside of the country and doing it nationwide. And really strap in for this one, guys. This one is going to pull at your heartstrings because his story is remarkable. So get ready. You're driving around in Silver Springs, Maryland, in your aunt's car that she gave to your dad that barely has brakes. You're driving for dollars. You get a deal for $15,000. And then you move to Argentina. Yes. That's crazy. That's wild. I'm crazy. I'm wild. How does this happen? Well, um, that's a great question. Kind of takes me back to when I was probably about 17. Yep. That was when I lost my dad. So that was when I had to really become a man and figure out, hey, like nobody's coming to save me, you know? And that was when... I had to really accept responsibility, you know, for everything that was going on in my life and realize like, look, this is my fault. Wherever I'm at in my life, I wasn't where I wanted to be. I had no way to make money. I didn't want to be an employee. I didn't want to go and get a job. I refused to get a job. I didn't want to go to school. I tried to go to school, dropped out of high school, went to college. Community college didn't work because, you know, everybody was telling me, oh, switch your major from computer science to business. And I went to business class. I'm like, look, these people don't even run businesses. Mm-hmm. And like that's popular for a lot of people to say, but to really see it and sit in that class around people that are frankly lost, you know, not going anywhere. They don't have that same drive. They don't have that same hunger that I felt and I knew deep down that I had. Yeah. I couldn't allow myself to stay in proximity with that vibe. So I had to drop out and take a massive risk to say, hey, look, everybody wants me to go to school. My parents want me to go to school. If I don't, I'm going to be a failure. Nobody's going to support me, but that's the risk I'm willing to take. And I took that risk. I dropped out. I didn't want to get a job. And I tried, you know, multiple different businesses. I thought e-commerce drop shipping was going to be it. Mm-hmm. And I put money into Facebook ads and tried everything. Didn't make a sale, you know, then that led into retail arbitrage and, you know, got to the point, you know, after dropping out and everything and like people really didn't support me, my family put me out. So I was out on the street and I remember that night, that first night where I really did, I slept in the park and I was like, damn, like reality's hitting me, man. Like nobody's coming to save me. I really got to do this thing. Like I really have to be there for myself. And that's ultimately what has happened, you know? 
I finally, you know, got a chance to really be humbled. And after going couch surfing with my friends and trying to make stuff happen at 18, 19, I realized like, look, there's a lot of shit I don't know in life. Mm -hmm. And that experience really humbled me. So I had to go back, live with my mom and like live under her rules and her authority, you know, and that drove me insane, Mm -hmm. you know, that people had leverage over me in a way where I couldn't do anything. Like I felt like I had no freedom. And that's what I, I want. I want freedom. I want to, I want control as an entrepreneur. Yes. I feel like that's what, that's what gets us going. Right. Yep. I went back there, $0 to my name, no bed, nothing. My mom had a lot of stuff, you know, in the house and, um, I had to clean up the room to have a space. And I started on the floor with pillows, a yoga mat and some blankets. Mm-hmm. And that was where I started. I started on the ground from the floor at like, 19 and I had no other choice but to go get a job. I had no freedom. I know what it's like to have no freedom. Mm -hmm. And I had to go get a job. At the time I was looking into how do I make money? How do I make money? I bought all the courses, e-com, social media marketing, everything. And I can't say that it was a waste of money because I learned something from all of those different people that put something out that obviously contributed in some way to lead me into real estate. And I went from Retail arbitrage, which is just flipping stuff. I got my first paycheck from a Dunkin' Donuts and I quit that job. I said, look, there's no way I'm going to do this. I have $500 to my name and I would go to the Ross that was in that same shopping center yep. and I would buy shoes. I would buy laptops, clothes, uh, anything I could get my hands on, on Facebook Marketplace, offer up and let go at the time. And I would go and I would sell that stuff on eBay for a, a marked up price and I would make, you know... 50, 60, $100 here, a couple hundred dollars there. My craziest flip was um, I bought three or four laptops for like 20, 25 bucks. And then I sold one of the laptops for like 325 bucks. So that was my my most insane flip off of like a $5 laptop. If you divided the laptops, it was like 20 for four of them and then selling it for 300. It broke my brain because it's like, okay, well, this is how I make money. Mm-hmm. I make money through transactions. I don't make money by giving my time away because yeah. that's not scalable. I can't. Yeah. We only got 24 hours in the day, Brent. Yeah. That's it. And um, after that, I scaled that $500 paycheck into about $5,000. Mm-hmm. And I did something that probably wasn't the best thing to do, but I switched my vehicle. So I switched from retail arbitrage, which was working, but it, it wasn't scaling as quickly as I wanted it to. Yeah. And I switched that and I started to trade options. And now for anybody that's listening, trading is gambling, Mm -hmm. okay? You're going to trade your peace of mind for nothing. There's so many things that you have no control over, you know, and I tried. I tried for six months plus to figure out, you know, the patterns and everything and watching the news. And I built a community around trading and all this different stuff. And yeah, I made a lot of money. I hit a lucky trade and I made like $35,000 overnight. But at the time, I was financially illiterate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at that time, I went and I bought an Audi and, you know, I, I went and had the fast food all the time, DoorDash and everything. And I did take some of that money and reinvest, you know, into mentorship and specifically in real estate because I knew that every single vehicle I was, you know, trying to get in and out of was ultimately to get into real estate because real estate, I'm a real estate guy. Mm-hmm. I love real estate. And eventually, I want to own buildings and I want to do international real estate. That's why I've gone, gone to, to different countries and learned different languages and built these connections in different places because eventually, I want to own property in multiple different places and have a diverse portfolio, have something to really leave a legacy behind you know, for my family. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened is 
I scaled that up. I made money and I invested, you know, into myself and all this, you know, all these different vehicles trying to get into real estate until I really learned like you can get into real estate with no money, Mm -hmm. with pretty much no risk if you're using the right agreements and no experience. And that was when I really found your podcast, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Listen, there's a saying, you know, it's beautiful being at rock bottom because it's a strong foundation, right? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Not only Absolutely. that, but uh, I agree. I think that entrepreneurs have a problem with authority. I certainly do. Yeah. I certainly don't want uh, people telling me what to do with the time that I have left on this planet. Yeah. And I think you learned a valuable lesson, even even flipping laptops and shoes and, and anything that you buy at Ross and putting them on eBay or whatever else. Uh, you make money when you buy. You yeah. know what I mean? It's the same yeah. in real estate. And it's a really important lesson to learn. We just do it on a much bigger scale with much more expensive things uh, like houses. Absolutely. And lots. Absolutely. And apartments and all these other things. So I think you learned a lot in a short amount of time. And that's that's really, I think, helped you in your real estate journey so far. You know what I mean? 100%. To be able to see what prices are going for. What is the market willing to pay for something that you can buy? Right. Yep. And ultimately, it's all arbitrage. You have to buy something at a discount, right? Like you said, you make your money on the buy. Mm -hmm. So when I was in those Rosses and I was looking at shoes and I saw the prices and then I would go on eBay and I would look at what has sold, like those are comps, right? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same business. It's the same business. It is. It really is. And it's so simple. You know, people really overcomplicate this business. And I just suggest to anybody that's getting started to just get around people that are already actively doing it. Yep. You know, and that was really the inspiration for me to start up REI Revolution was, you know, I had invested into a mentorship and they had the courses and the videos and the resources and I watched those, but I didn't feel like I really had the proximity to people. Sure. You know, they didn't really take me serious, you know, and that's normal. Everybody says they want to get into real estate. You know, I don't take everybody that I talk to serious. Right. And I understand that now, you know, being at the level that I'm at. But at that time, you know, I felt like I didn't really have anybody. And I had this massive skill for being able to network, talk to people and build communities Mm -hmm. because I'd already done it in a different industry. And then I started to do that in real estate. I just, everything that I was learning from my mentors, I would just talk about it. And that really helped me, you know, teaching other people really helped me understand the concepts that I was learning. Mm -hmm. And it just grew from there. So many more people were attracted to the platform and were in alignment. And, you know, now it's like this thing pretty much runs itself. There's so many people that just pour into this community on a daily basis, we host a show Monday through Friday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. Lasts for about an hour. This is your Discord group? Yeah. How can people find it? Discord.gg slash reirev or reirev.com. There you go. Yeah. Guys, definitely check it out. John has a phenomenal community. They are great, great friends to Wholesaling Inc. and to the podcast and to my YouTube channel. And you guys have been just absolutely phenomenal. And and people that are doing the work, right? We really do I this I think business. that's really important is there should be a culture of success. Yes. Not just of education. Yes. Because education is great and education makes us feel very good, but it doesn't do anything for the community, like the, the, your actual where you live, the, the actual neighborhoods, the actual marketplace. It doesn't do anything for the marketplace. It's kind of like your experience with community college. Right. You've got these professors that are in theory, right? right? And a lot of groups and a lot of education companies, you know, keep you in the education loop because it's kind of the lowest barrier to entry. 
but you got to be in a group that's that's going to keep you accountable. You got to be in a group that that is actually out there providing value, because that's that's really what the magic is. And, and then being cheerleaders behind it, and really connecting with people, and really you know being there for people that have been through extremely tough times. I mean, I I, I can't even imagine losing a father at seventeen years old. I mean, did you have the hunger up until that point? Was it always in there, and it, all of a sudden? You know, you had to make a faster decision than you thought, or did that cause you to have that hunger inside you to be an entrepreneur? I think I definitely always had that hunger in me because, mm-hmm. you know, I was always doing entrepreneurial activity, you know, before I even knew what being an entrepreneur was. You know, I was always like building and scaling communities. I did Minecraft servers, sold ranks, that kind of stuff. It was always transactional. You know, that's how I was making my money. But that moment, I think in any young man's life or any man's life, you know, when you lose a family member, or, you know, somebody like your father, who's like your role model, mm-hmm. you know, you really got to reflect and think like, what do I do now? Because your father is really the one that raises you, provides your for you, net. it's your safety net. Exactly. And when you lose that, you have no choice but to boss up. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I had to do. And it didn't happen overnight. It's not an overnight process. It's not something that happens even in the first 30 days. Like, most of the time, you're not even going to notice any results, you know, maybe even for the first year. Mm-hmm. But that's where you're building your foundation. That's where you're really trying to create something for yourself. And when you can create that consistency first, that's ultimately, you know, how everything starts. Mm-hmm. And that's what I had to do. You know, I was addicted to video games and I had terrible habits. And ultimately, you know, I was a kid, you know, I was just having fun. I was just going out skateboarding all the time, you know, just having fun. But then at some point you realize like, hey, I want more for myself. And what I'm doing right now is not going to take me where I want to go. And the people that I'm around right now, maybe I love them. You know, these are my people right now. But if you want to go somewhere different, you've got to get around people that are doing what you want to do. And no matter how much you love these people, no matter how much time you spend with these people, if they're not helping you elevate, if they're not pouring into you in a way that adds value to you and and helping you get to where you want to go, you got to love them from a distance because Number one, they can't serve you, but more, more importantly, you can't serve them. Sure. You know, you can't change other people. You might have this dream for yourself that's so grand, but if you tell it to the wrong person, mm-hmm. it won't seem realistic to them. Yeah. And a lot of the times they'll even try to convince you that it's not possible for you. Yeah. And the problem is, you know, because we love these people, we listen to them. Oh, well, you know, I really care what they have to say. And, you know, they've been around, they see me all my life. They've grown with me. And they know best for me. You know, they've, they've seen me. They just love me. Yeah, these people do love you and they care about you, but they don't always know what's best for you. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, and I say this, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have to know what's best for you. And the way that you figure out what's best for you a lot of the time is making mistakes mm-hmm. and trying things and messing up, mm-hmm. you know, and through that experience, you figure out, you know, what works for me? What doesn't work for me? What do I like? What do I not like? And, you know, that's also why I've, in hindsight, gained a lot of appreciation, you know, for the experiences that I've had because it's that contrast. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have the same level of appreciation for the opportunities and the people that are in my life today had I not had situations where I was in pain. And a lot of this, guys, really does come from pain. So I think, you know, all of the high-level entrepreneurs that I've been able to be in proximity with all have a very similar backstory. Yeah. Some sort of trauma. Oh, Yeah. And I want to say to the people that are going through it right now, keep going, mm-hmm. keep going and don't stop. Oh yeah. I lost it all. I lost it all in 2009 and had to fight and claw my way back. 
and um, and had the beat up cars and had the one bedroom apartments and had the you know bed on the mattress on the floor type of living. You know what I mean? And yeah. the beautiful thing is with real estate, one conversation can change your life. You know what I mean? Yes. One quality conversation with a property owner can change your life. I mean, it, it, it could get you back on your feet. It could pay off your debts. It can get you out of, you know, feeling that, you know, all of the failure, like it, it compounds and you, you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm kind of like in this shell. Yeah. One conversation. Yeah. One conversation, John Johnson. Yeah. It change your life. And you certainly had that. You got a deal for 15000 right? It was a driving for dollars in your own backyard. And then you're like, you know what? I'm going to clean the slate. I'm going to go to uh, Argentina. Yep. And I'm going to do this business virtually. And that's exactly what I did. And so, one, let's do this because I want this to be really impactful for everybody listening. What an incredible story, first of all. Thank you. You're incredible. Thank you. Just an absolute inspiration. How do we do deals virtually? I mean, whether you're in person or online, the process is going to be the same, you know? You got to get in touch with people that want to sell and you got to get a property under contract for less than what you know you can sell it for. Yep. And so, I mean, we use DocuSign regularly or whatever, you know, application online you want to use. You know, people sign stuff virtually. I don't go on appointments and have people sign in front of me. You know, I lock stuff up over the phone. I've got my acquisitions guy, Savion, locking stuff up over the phone. And... It's the same process whether you're in person or online. Really, at the end of the day, everything is moving online anyway. So it's like, that's one thing that I love about this business so much is that you have complete location freedom. Yeah. Well, you're the proof of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How, how many deals have you done? Let, let, let's go there just to give everybody some perspective. Um, when did you start? So I, I really went full time. Mm-hmm. I would say after I closed that first deal, that was about a year and a half ago. Okay. And I've since closed like eight deals. Awesome. Yeah. And I've, the thing is, we got way more deals in the pipeline now. So it was like those first couple deals were building the foundation. Mm-hmm. And then now I have a foundation. I have the firm understanding of this business. Yep. And I've reinvested into the business, into the systems, into the people, yep. into the processes. And now the business is starting to scale. We're starting to see like just this week, we locked up another deal. I just assigned it today. Buyer, I'm waiting on him to deposit. He better deposit this non-refundable earnest money. And, you know, there are three people that are going to eat on that deal from the community that I met from that community. Yeah. The community you built. The community I built. Yeah. Savion Williams, Jonathan Blanco Rivera, and me. Shout out. Shout out to you guys. Love awesome. you guys. Love REI Rev. It's great. And um, I just want to say, man, I, I really appreciate you, Brent, because yeah. you've been a huge inspiration for me. Um, I need more deals than eight, though, John. Oh, I need way more deals than eight. I need eight a month from you. Oh, yeah. You've got way too much talent. You've yeah. got way too much reach. I need big, massive deals, and I need a lot of them every single week. Deal? Absolutely. Absolutely. Deal. We're shaking on it right now. Here we go. Yep. This time next year, it better be bananas. Oh, it will be. Okay? It will be. Listen. It will be. Um. So let's let's walk through this, okay? You get a lead coming in. Yep. Okay? You call him? I have my guy, Savion, call him now. Okay. So, so acquisition manager calls him. Yep. Okay. And then what happens? He pre-qualifies him. He gets all the information, the four pillars. We follow your four yep. pillar motivation, mm-hmm. condition, mm-hmm. timeline, price. That's it, baby. That's all you need. That's it. That's all you need. So guys, every conversation that you have with the property owner, if you're feeling nervous about what do I say to them, how do I have a good conversation, just remember that there's four pillars 
of pre-qualifying every single property owner, and that is the condition, timeline, motivation, price. And if you get those four, you know that you have a really good lead. And remember, a lead is somebody that's already made the decision they're going to sell their property. So that's fundamental. They've already made the decision that they're going to sign a document transferring title to somebody else because you can pre-qualify people, every person. But if they haven't made the decision that they're going to sell, they're basically looking for you to just throw out an offer at them and they'll just kind of, they just want to know how much their property's worth. Yeah. So make sure one, that they made the decision that they want to sell and two, that you pre-qualify them and you're going to feel real confident understanding, is this somebody that will do business with me? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So he, he pre-qualifies them. He pre-qualifies them. And then from there, we tell them that we're going to give them a call back. So our business is cash or creative offer. So the way we've got it set up is we look at every lead, like how is it that we can do business? Because we're going to do business. If they want to sell, we're the resource for them to sell with. Either we're going to buy it ourselves and add it to our portfolio. We're going to assign it to somebody that wants to buy it from us for an assignment fee. We're going to put it on the MLS, the innovation, or we're going to take over the payments on a loan or come up with some sort of financing if they own it free and clear. Awesome. And so what we do is we anchor these people with a cash price that's always going to be low, always going to be way low. And then from there, you know, we explore the other options, the other sure. benefits, the other programs that their properties may qualify for, one of which is our retail buyer program. I'm sure you're familiar with that one. Innovation. There you go. And from there, we see, you know, how much is it that we could realistically sell this for mm-hmm. to an investor? Yep. Because if they, if they need the speed and convenience, they need this done immediately. Let's see what an investor in our buyer's list would pay for it. And then let's also see what if we were to sell this to a conventional buyer on the MLS, yep. how much would they pay for it? Yep. And the people that are owner occupants, the people that want to go and live in this house are always going to be willing to pay more money than an investor is able to pay mm-hmm. because they're going to go and live in that property versus an investor who is just going to sit on the property to hold it, renovate it and, and sell it. We have to figure out where the numbers are at. Yep. But, but it really depends on the condition. So let's make sure that, that we make this very clear. If it's in decent shape, you can get conventional financing and you can sell that property for more. If it needs a full remodel, you're not getting a, a bank's not going to take the risk. They're not going to lend on that property from a retail standpoint. Typically, there are some programs that FHA has uh, 203 that they'll, they'll pay for the rehab budget as well. Uh, but for the most part, the banks, especially now, are real conservative. They want to make sure that it doesn't need a lot of repairs because it's it's just higher risk for them. So if it's in decent shape, move and ready, you can do the retail buyers. But if it needs complete renovation, it's better to go with the cash buyers. Absolutely. The one thing I will add is either way, getting it on the MLS is going to get the most yes. exposure yes. to those cash buyers. Mm-hmm. So it's great to have a list. It's great to pull lists of properties that have property owners that own multiple properties in the area. Great portfolio buyers are great. Looking at neighbors, great Neighbors will a lot of time buy properties in their neighborhood. Yeah. You know, especially if they own other properties and there's another opportunity for them and they've got cash or they go and get a loan. That's great. But to get it in front of everybody, Mm -hmm. to get the most amount of exposure as possible, that's where you can get a lot of leverage and also ultimately get the most for that property because everybody's going to see it. So you put them on the MLS, it's just in your purchase agreement. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Do you have anybody that, that says, you know, I don't want this being open to the public. I don't want you to put it on the MLS? Sometimes that does happen. Yeah. And in that event, we leverage our other resources, you know, Facebook groups, mm-hmm. our own buyer list, you know, that we've curated. 
other platforms like InvestorLift. Yep. And we're we're trying to come out with something like that. You yeah. Know? We want to we want to really build up a nationwide buyers list, a nationwide buyer database and give people access to connect with those people that are vetted buyers. You know, that's the number one problem that I see on all these platforms. A lot of companies, you know, I won't name their names because I don't want to name their names. These people are not buyers. Yeah. You know, these people will assign your deals and they're not transparent about assigning your deals. Don't do business with these types of people. Mm -hmm. If you're cool with doing business with somebody you know is going to assign your deal and you're cool with making the money you're going to make and everything's above board, great. That's totally great. But make sure that everybody's on board and everybody's aware. You know, that's yeah. the biggest thing. And it comes from business. Being transparent, being authentic, being real, being you is like the one thing that really helps people resonate because mm -hmm. people can feel authenticity. They know when people are trying to get over on them. And sometimes, you know, people are in situations where they have no other choice. I don't want to do business with people that feel like they have no other choice. I want to do business with people that choose to do business with me. Yep. Well, listen, being authentic is long lasting is what I'll say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Snoop Dogg is Snoop Dogg. Yeah. He's Snoop Dogg, whether he's hosting a TV show or he's, he's rapping or he's doing whatever he's doing his own shows. He's, he's just Snoop Dogg. He doesn't have to act like Snoop Dogg. Right. You know how exhausting that would be? But people do that in business. People feel like they have to put on a different persona to be an entrepreneur. And guys, you don't. You don't. Just be like Snoop Dogg. All right? <laughs> just be yourself. Honestly, just be yourself. Yeah. And, and be a truth teller, truth seeker. Just like we were talking about before. You know what I mean? You do that and you let everybody know what your intentions are with the property. And it's laid out in the purchase agreement. So it's almost impossible not to let them know what your intentions are. Right. If you're using the right purchase agreement, which you can get at wholesalinginc.com. You guys know it. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Um, I use that agreement, by the way, guys. Yeah. That's the agreement that we and, use. And, and we have in there that you can you can market the property. You can put it on the MLS. And so, yeah, just be yourself. And you're, you're awesome. You're powerful. You're unbelievable. You're unstoppable. Just be yourself and and go out there with confidence and kindness and curiosity and you win. And uh, don't be afraid to recreate who you are. Sure. No, well, I mean, listen, recreation is part of life. Yeah. I mean, it's just the evolution of it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you might be something now, but you you know inside you, you've got so much more to give. And that, that recreation comes with your potential for service. That's it. What's your potential to give? That's what it is. Yeah. And so that's that's why I love entrepreneurs. I said it today. I said it today at the, our, our Friday meeting here. You know, entrepreneurs are the ones that are going out there and trying to provide the most value to as many people as possible. Yeah. Which is just such a phenomenal. I mean, it, it makes your soul feel good. It does. It does. You know what I mean? It does. If that's the brain that you're blessed with, if, if that's what, uh, you know, you, you've got that pilot light inside you that, that wants to be of service to the marketplace and, and do it on a massive level. Yeah. There's nothing stopping you. Yeah. It will absolutely work if you do. 100%. Which is awesome. All right, so getting back to it, you've got a lead. It's yeah. pre-qualified. How do you make the offer? Like literally, how do you make the offer virtually? So we we do everything over the phone. Okay. So we're getting on the phone and we're we're anchoring them with a lower cash offer. Yep. Say, hey, look, you know, whether you're, you're going to sell to us as an investment company or speak to another investor, this is where all the investors are going to be at. Mm -hmm. You know, let's see, you know, what other options we have to see if your property might qualify for any of other programs. If it does, you know, hey, maybe we can get you some more money or we can figure out how to structure some terms that will ultimately help you out of whatever situation you're in. Because sometimes, you know, people find themselves in situations, for instance, I worked on a deal with a gentleman, his name's Matt Riley. He helped me get my first sub two deal, Mr. Rinse and Repeat. This guy was in a divorce, mm -hmm. spent tens of thousands of dollars making repairs to the property, 
He owes money. Wife gone, you know. The property's sitting on the MLS for 90 days plus. Mm -hmm. The agent can't sell the deal. All investors are coming way lower than what he could pay the mortgage balance off with. So he can't accept that offer. He's going to come out of pocket to pay, number one, the agent. And number two, to pay the lender. So we had to get creative on how is it that we can solve this guy's problem. And ultimately, we took care of the agent commission Mm -hmm. for 6%. We gave the seller $1,000 so he didn't have to come out of pocket at closing. And then we purchased the property subject to the underlying loan. Mm -hmm. And now we assigned that. So you can actually assign sub two deals to another buyer. Mm -hmm. And now they make payments on his behalf. The loan stays in his name. Mm -hmm. He makes payments and the seller is done. Yep. The deed gets put into the new buyer's name. The only thing that stays in the original seller's name is the loan, is the debt. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Yeah. What'd you make on it? That one I made about forty five hundred. Nice. Yeah. Now I want to. We're gonna ring the old school victory bell. Oh yeah. Here, we which brought you it requested. Out. I did. All right. This is a John Johnson special for bringing this out. This one has not been rang in quite a while because it has broken several times. But we're gonna ring it because oh, yeah. I want to talk about the big one you just closed. Oh yeah. That's that. That's gonna get everybody excited. So let's talk about that one. Okay. So that one came in from SMS marketing. Okay. So that's how we get the leads. We do SMS. We send out text messages. Yep. Text messages to all sorts of different types of owners. Um, REI reply. Yes. So we work with Mike Martin and the Easy REI team, mm-hmm. and they use REI reply as their CRM. Yep. Now these guys they handle everything for me. I'm just the guy that gets on the phone and talks to people. I know what my strengths are. I let everybody else figure out you know all the stuff they're good at. Sure. And so he does all the systems and everything. He knows what words are compliant, not compliant, A2P regulations. He stays on top of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so his team set up my SMS campaign. I gave him the data. They run it out. We're sending out 500 messages per system. We've got two systems right now. So we're sending out 1,000 a day. Mm-hmm. And we're getting like three to four leads. People telling us that they do want to sell per system per day. And this one came in. This was a tired landlord. He owned this property. It was land. Okay, this is my biggest deal was a land deal. Mm-hmm. And... The guy told me, uh, you know, that he wanted like $65,000 an acre for the land. And at the time, you know, I was calling through the list and, you know, I didn't really think too much of it. I thought, oh, you know, his estimate was like $400,000 on this property. Yeah. No way that's going to happen. Right. Any other wholesaler that picks up the phone and talks to that guy is going to offer him 50% of his estimate and that's just not going to happen. Right. And luckily I had my land mentor, Jason Casco, on the phone with me and he said, hey, John, you should uh, give that guy a call back. You know, I think there might be something there. And he said, you should negotiate with him. I said, okay, well, you know, what should I say? He said, just ask him one question. I said, well, what is that question? He said, is that the best you can do? That's it. (laughs) That's it. And right off the rip, he dropped uh, $75,000 off of his asking price. Mm -hmm. He went down from 65 an acre to 60. Yeah. And so I put it under contract for 975 and I tried to assign it. You know, I called up all the local buyers and I tried to actively proactively market the property, couldn't find anybody. Yeah. And I had to go back to him. I said, hey, look, you know, after our inspection, it comes to find out, you know, we're going to need to get a partner on this. Mm -hmm. And I made the call live on Instagram and pretty much told him, hey, would you be open to letting us market this on the open market to see if we could collaborate with somebody to take this down together? 
And he was totally fine with that. We were completely transparent about what our intentions were. He knew that we were not going to be the end buyer. And that's the main thing is just being transparent. You know, people respect that. And as long as they get the price that they're looking for, I told him, I don't think you're asking for an unrealistic price. I'm not trying to beat you up on the price. Yeah. Let's see how we can get you closed out and funded. And that's exactly what we did. We explored all our options and we listed it. We got this under contract on a novation, meaning we could put this on the MLS. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we did. We put it on the MLS. I got a, an agent to list the property, take photos. Um, Flat fee listing or an actual listing agent? So we gave him 6%. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Yep. Had I known then what I know now, I would say probably a flat fee would be, would be better. But we gave him 6%. Yep. And um, I'm happy for him. Yeah. <laughs> and so we got it listed. And within two, two weeks, there was multiple offers coming in. One of them was cash, quick close, ready to go. All they wanted to do was get a survey. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Let's get the survey. We signed. So now we're under contract. They were offering $75,000 an acre. That the difference was, and I don't have the exact number in front of me, but it was um, like $160,000. Mm -hmm. So out of that $160,000, I had to pay the agent the 6%, and then the rest was what I netted. And so that ended up being a $70,303.54 assignment. Come on, get it. That's how you ring a bell. Yeah. That's how you celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. You guys don't understand, man. When I first got started, man, I, I was watching all your podcasts. Yeah. All of them. Every single person. I met people that I watched on the podcast in this room right outside. Uh -huh. And I got to sit down and talk to them. And those people were my inspiration. Those people were the facts. Those people were the people I could look at and say, hey, if they can do it, so can I. Now you're that person. Now I'm that guy. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you, Brent. Well, you're amazing. I mean, listen, you've got an incredible heart for this business. You're doing amazing things. I need you to do more deals. I will. So stay focused. Absolutely. All right. I know that there's a lot of beautiful people in uh, South America, right? Yeah. Uh, so stay <laughs> focused. And uh, But listen, you're doing amazing things. You know what I mean? And you're building an unbelievable community with your Discord and with uh, REI Revolution. And just keep it going. You know what I mean? Just keep that going. Keep being as loud as you can. You're wonderful at being loud. And just keep leveling up keep leveling up you know what i mean Absolutely. and stay focused on this thing don't worry about rentals right now don't worry about flips right now build this business first and then cherry pick all the best deals yeah makes sense absolutely yeah absolutely how can people get a hold of you you can find me on instagram my instagram is my full name at jonathan james johnson j-o-h-n-a-t-h-a-n-j-a-m-e-s-j-o-h-n-s-o-n catch me on discord go to reirev.com i'm always active on discord yep and that's, that's about it. Give people some advice that are just getting started. Listen, you they're know. They're excited. They're pumped. They know. They, they, they have that fire. Listen, when you get started, mm -hmm. I, and I see this all the time, and I just had a conversation with a buddy of mine that I met in Ecuador. Things really fall apart. You get tested. You know, you tell the world, I'm going to be this guy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to become somebody that's strong. You're going to be presented with challenges that are going to make you feel weak. You're going to build strength when you go through these challenges. And ultimately, what you ask for, you know, what you pray for, you ask God to be a more patient person. God's going to make you wait. 
You know, mm-hmm. God's going to put you in situations where you have to wait and you have to practice, you know, the skills that you want to develop. And just know that ultimately whatever you pray for, you will receive. I really strongly believe that. You know, I, I really did pray on it. Yeah. I, I remember when I was first getting started, I prayed, man. I prayed that I'd be able to sit here and ring that bell and yeah. meet you and people like Jamil and Pace. Yeah. And it's happening, you know? Yeah. Prayer is, is there's power in prayer. So for anybody, you know, who's just getting started, I would say really pray. Really pray. Give Faith. thanks. Faith is, it's, it's everything. As an entrepreneur, you believe that you are exceptional yep. and that you deserve to have a, a life that's different from the majority. That's right. And it's that faith, you know, you've got to fuel that faith to really become something. Yeah. You've got to turn it into fact. Got to turn that faith into fact. Cross and that's, that bridge. That's what that first deal will do for you. Yeah. And once you do that, your brain's broken. Yeah. Doesn't matter how big the assignment fee is. You can see. Yeah. How'd that 70, 70 grand fill in your account? Oh, man. I remember after I got my 70K, I went to the Moxies in, in uh, Miami and I tipped 100 bucks. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> I had, I, oh, now I have money, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I just reinvested. I, I got myself the gear that I needed. I got myself, you know, a new, new laptop. I was working off of, you know, stuff that really was not what I needed it to be, you know, yeah. for my content and that kind of stuff. And I just really reinvested in me. Yeah. You know, I didn't spend my money on stuff that wasn't going to serve me. You know, I, I treated myself a little bit. I yeah. got nice luggage, you know, sure. more space, you know, because I'm moving around and a uh, nice backpack. There you go. Um, and, you know, nice clothes. Look, I don't know if you guys know this, but... When you grow up and like that first, you know, outfit you buy for yourself, you know, the first couple times you buy clothes for yourselves and the shoes and you, you get to decide what you want. Yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. Man. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, you earned it. You earned it. That's it. Awesome. Yeah. John Johnson. Guys, definitely check him out. REI Revolution. Uh, join the Discord. Uh, connect with him. Definitely follow him on Instagram. Uh, you go live in there all the time. Just doing deals. Just doing like, deals. Just proving it. It's really exciting. So. Thanks for being on here, brother. So much, I love friend. you. You're I love you too, man. Thank awesome. you so much. And that's it, guys. What an incredible story. What an incredible inspiration. If you are interested in joining the most proactive group in real estate investing, go to wholesalinginc.com and check out what the Rhino Tribe is all about. Check out all the incredible testimonials, incredible wholesalers from around the country. And if it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call. And that is it. That is the end of the podcast, and I will sign off, as I always do, encouraging you to go out there and talk to people. Until next time, love you guys. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.